0: Lord is worthy of all praise and honor. He's worthy of us giving him every breath, every word, as a sacrifice of praise to him. Amen? Amen? Yes, Lord, we thank you and give you praise. Praise God. This morning I want to share a message on the resurrection. Obviously, it's Easter. We want to celebrate this great day and honor him. So glad that you're here among us today. What I want to share with you is going from shadow to substance. From shadow to sub- substance. And that's what the resurrection has brought us. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen? Amen? The old is gone and the new has come. And I want to start, first of all, with letting you understand that there are seven undeniable facts concerning the resurrection of the Lord seven undeniable facts that you have to come to grips with. Even those who don't uh, fully accept the resurrection have to concede to these seven facts that are true. Now, you can take it then from there to discern where we should go. And I think that these facts bring us out from the shadow of doubt into the substance of reality that there is a resurrection. Amen? Amen. And so the first one that's undeniable that we need to realize is this. That Jesus was crucified by the Romans. How do we know this? Historically, we know it. Roman documents speak of it. Roman soldiers were there. It's accounted in history, in time, written down. This man, Jesus of Nazareth, was killed. And he was killed by the Romans. What's so big about that? Romans knew how to kill people. Jesus was dead. When he was taken from that cross, he was dead. Romans know how to execute. They would not put a man in a grave unless he was dead. And so they killed him. They saw that he was dead. They thrust a spear in his side into his heart to testify that he was dead. And then they put him in a tomb and put the Roman seal on that stone Therefore, saying he's dead and declaring that tomb sealed, that there's a dead man in it by the Roman authorities. So this was not a religious hoax. This isn't by done by his disciples, but in fact by a secular ruling government, the Romans. And so the Romans crucified Jesus. Now, the second thing we know is the tomb was empty. How do we know this? The same evidence. The Roman soldiers that were guarding it fled. And they had no excuse as to why that tomb was empty. They did not know what to do. They did not know what to say. No one could simply just roll that stone away while it's being guarded by a Roman garrison. And so those who were first to the tomb were the women. You don't have in that day and that age women be your eyewitnesses. They They didn't have any validity in a Roman court or a Jewish court so you wouldn't have women as your first witnesses so if you're going to make this a hoax you certainly wouldn't have the women be the first at the tomb to begin declaring that story and so the tomb was empty the disciples didn't know it was going to be empty when they ran there and got there they were quite surprised and so we see that we have an empty tomb witnessed by rome witnessed by the disciples and everyone else you cannot find a body well The next fact is this. The disciples believed they saw a risen Lord. They declared they saw a risen Jesus. Now, you could say, well, that was a hoax. Well, the thing about this is that 11 of them saw them at, uh, well, 10 at once. Later, Thomas was with him and 11 saw him. Then it tells us in eyewitness accounts that up to 500 saw Jesus at one time. And some have said, well, this is a mass hallucination. They so wanted to see a risen Savior. Let me remind you, none of them comprehended that he was going to rise from the dead. They were hiding until he appeared. And so as they were hiding and he appeared to them, could it have been a mass hypnosis? Well, what do you do with James, who was a skeptic, the Lord's brother? In order to have a mass hallucination, you have to have a willingness to want to see it. Jesus' brother James, a skeptic, met the risen Savior. Not only that, but you also have an enemy, one who is absolutely opposed to Jesus Christ, and that's Saul of Tarsus, who saw a risen Savior as well, out of the season that everybody else saw him. And so... The disciples believed they saw a risen Christ. Now, you might give an excuse as to why they believed it, but this happened. They were totally changed in their disposition. They went from cowering in fear. If you'll remember, the head and chief apostle, Peter, denied the Lord Jesus Christ three days, uh, three times. Uh, They're in an upper room huddling till the day of Pentecost. They bust out and they changed their declaration from fear to boldness. We have seen the risen Savior. Their attitude is completely changed. And like Saul of Tarsus, who was an enemy of Christ, now becomes the greatest preacher of all time concerning Christ. Now, let me also state this. Number five, the resurrection was at the foundation and beginning of the church. It wasn't added later to the faith and to the declaration of the church. It was added on the third day. It was the start of the church. It's the foundation of the church. Paul said, if the resurrection is not true, then we are the most foolish people around. And what we've been preaching is a lie. The resurrection was the first and essential doctrine of the church, always has been, always will be. Now, you can't deny that. It wasn't added to the faith. The faith didn't start at one thing and then become another. It was completely based upon the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sixth, these were strict Jews, observers of the Sabbath, and they began to worship on Sunday, the first day of the week, the day that Christ rose. Again, some continue to keep Sabbath, but they met, and as a church, they worshiped on the Lord's Day, the resurrection day of Sunday. That's a radical shift and a radical change that would cause them to be ousted of their synagogues. But because they trusted and saw a risen Savior, they lived in the day of resurrection. Last of all, the proclamation of the resurrection Began in Jerusalem, the most hostile place you could carry a message about the resurrection of Jesus as Messiah. And so it began in Jerusalem among the Jews, in the uh, Roman government having authority over them. They busted out in the streets, willing to give their lives. And ultimately, they all did. All 12 of the apostles gave their lives. For this testimony going throughout all the earth declaring Jesus is alive. That's bringing a truth from shadows into the light, giving it substance and giving it reality. As a result of the preaching of the disciples, the Christian church was established and grew. So what was prophetic now becomes reality. And we need to look at that. We need to understand that what is prophetic and what is in the Word must take on substance. That's the whole focus of prophetic, that it is what God is declaring into reality. And it is a reality 2,000 years later, and the substance is you sitting in this church worshiping a risen Savior. Amen? That's substance and fact. It is finished. And so we went from it is finished on the cross to the angels declaring he has risen to the church obeying its master who says, now therefore go. I think that that's the finished work of Christ, wouldn't you? It is finished, redemption purchased. He's risen from the dead, proving his lordship, and that his sacrifice was accepted, and we received the power and indwelling Holy Spirit. Now we are to go and be witnesses of a risen Lord. And that is powerful, wouldn't you say? The old is gone, the new has come. Consider what has passed away with the resurrection Consider all that God had established in the Old Testament. It is now gone because, prophetically, it is fulfilled. What was shadow now becomes substance. What was a hope now becomes a reality. Now we can look at Jesus in the Old Testament, but let me put it to you simply. Jesus is the Old Testament. As he walked on the road to Emmaus with Cephas and the other disciple. He began to expound to both of them how Messiah was to die and rise after three days. He expounded through the Psalms, through the prophets, and the books of Moses. It's a seven-hour walk to, to Emmaus from where they were going. I wished I was in that Bible study. How about you? I would have loved to heard every prophetic shadow becoming a reality with a risen Jesus. Think of what God had established Do you remember the temple? The temple with all of its furniture and all of its beauty and all of its splendor all was a model and a shadow of what was to come through Jesus Christ. Consider that the altar of sacrifice is now what was a shadow to the Jews a reality but it really was only a shadow of what Christ was going to do on the cross. It's gone. No more sacrifice for sin. God takes no delight in the sacrifice of animals and bulls, but a body God has prepared for Christ. It's written of Him in the book. And so He gave His life to become the substance of what was just a shadow. The Old Testament atonement could only cover sin, but Christ's blood completely washes all sin away. The reality is here. The old is gone. We move from the altar of sacrifice to the water laver where the priests would wash and cleanse themselves again a shadow of the living water of the holy spirit that christ was going to bring us just a shadow a religious shadow that would picture prophetically of what jesus would accomplish ezekiel 36 says that i will sprinkle clean water on your hearts to purify you And through the sacrifice of Christ, I'll take out that heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh that beats for me. And I will move you to holiness. That water laver was just a shadow. Though it was real, they put their hands in it. They washed themselves. It was but a shadow of the reality of Christ who is real and has washed us from all sin. Oh, Then you approach the tabernacle. God said, be very specific how you build this. Be very careful. It represents heaven. But heaven is now opened. It's not a shadow anymore. It's not a wishful thought. It's a reality because of what Christ had done. And as you approach the holy place, you walk in reverently to see the candlelight glowing in that dark room. It's the holy place of God. And then you walk into that holiness. The light illuminates it. It's just a shadow. How can light be a shadow? Because no light on earth can match the reality of His glory. He is the light of all lights. Any candle and even any sun or moon is only an imitation and shadow of the reality of the light of God. It was just a shadow of the light that was to come. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The reality is Christ is here. We're done with candlesticks. Put it away. You turn to the right and you look over on the other side and you'll see the showbread. The bread that was baked for the priests to eat. Twelve loaves representing the twelve tribes. Bread is nice. Bread is good. It's real substance to eat. But I want you to know it's only a shadow. When Jesus took the bread, he said, I am the bread. I am the bread, you must eat me, eat my flesh, know my reality, and receive me as your living bread. That bread, get rid of it, it's gone. It's just a shadow of who He is. And As you face that huge curtain and veil that separated the holy place to the holy of holies, you see the incense burning, fragrance rising before the Lord. And as that fragrance is rising, it reminds you of the mediation of the priests. But we're done with incense. We're done with the smell of smoke and incense because we have a high priest that always lives to make intercession. He is always present before the throne of God interceding on our behalf. That's just a symbol and just a fragrance. We could have all those things here in church. We could light candles. Many do. We could could have the smell of incense. That's nice. It kind of... Gets you into a place of a, a sense of maybe God's in this place, but I want something more real than smoke and mirrors and lights. I want the reality of Christ in my heart. I want Jesus in substance, in praise in my heart. Amen? Put away the candles, put away the incense. Christ is the reality now. The old is gone, the new has come, the shadow's done. Reality is here, substance is here. Well, there's this great curtain. God said, I'm done with the curtain. Embroidered on it were all emblems and pictures of cherubim. Isn't it nice to paint pictures and to think of the things in the heavenlies? But God said, I'm through with this veil. I'm through with what separates me from man. And I'm done with the separation of sin. And the day that Jesus said, it is finished, and cried out, the veil was ripped from top to bottom, ripped in half. Ripped apart. And God said, Come in to my presence with reality and substance, not in shadow and in hope. Get rid of the curtain. I'm done with it. Then we come to the Ark of the Covenant where it holds the very covenant of God, the law of God. Christ is that law. Christ is the perfection of the law. He fulfilled it to perfection. And on that law sits The mercy seat. Christ is the mercy and the grace of God. And angels, sculptures stand on it. And God says, I'm done with the artwork. I'm done with the shadows. I'm done with the pictures. I'm done with what is prophetic to now the reality of what has come. Christ is real. Christ is substance. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He gave flesh. He demonstrated his love for us. God became man and dwelt among us. That's substance. That's reality. It's written in our history books. Our time is measured by his birth, our life is measured by his death. We set celebrations and feast days according to him because he is the substance that we've been hoping for. The temple. We're done with it. In 70 AD, God said, Rome, be done with it. Smash it and take it apart brick by brick as Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, and it was. We're done with the temple. Priests, thank you for serving. Levites, thank you for serving. But you were only a picture. You were only a shadow of the priest of all priests, he of the Melchizedek priesthood who would make intercession between God and man. God sought a man who could intercede. There was none. So he laid bare his arm, his right arm, his saving arm. He exposed it. It's Christ. And in the rivers of baptism water with John, this must be done between John the Baptist, the priest, the Levite, to Christ, the priesthood of Melchizedek. The mantle was shifted off of the Levites to Christ, and now he is a priest that ever lives for us. Amen? Amen. Thank you, priests, for serving. But the old is gone. The new has come. And he is substance. He is real. He was tempted like we are tempted, yet perfect without sin. And he intercedes so that we will make the mark and never fail again. Be done with the sacrifices. God's done with bulls and lambs and goats because he needs a contrite heart. And if you would look to the substance of Christ, you will see what it costs to pay for our sin. I don't need an animal. I don't need a building. I don't need incense. I don't need lights. They are all just a shadow of Christ Jesus. Colossians 2.17 says this, These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. He is all these things. He is the Sabbath. He is our rest. The Sabbath is a day that the Jews understood was their covenant seal for Israel to prove it's in covenant with God they were to keep Sabbath. It's like the wedding ring of the betrothed sabbath was to be kept and so what is it that the jews those of the first century would begin to worship on the first day of the week because the sabbath the rest of god was found in christ and so now every day is sabbath the writer of hebrews chapter 4 says today is the day of salvation it's not saturday oh yeah it is it's saturday It's Sunday. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. It's Thursday. It's Friday. It's every day is rest in Christ. My substance of rest and peace with God is found through Christ. I've been talking a lot, haven't I? I can't stop. We're done with shadows, brothers and sisters. We're done with shadows. The substance is here. Jesus is real. you got to deal with it. Some of you are walking in shadows. You're living a life in shadows. You're living a life half in darkness, some light. One foot in, one foot out. Living in shadow lands. There's a substance and a reality for you, and that's found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Jesus is the substance of all things. He proved and declared who he was. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for mankind? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what? He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How many of you need a new start? How many of you are glad for a new beginning? Anybody? Four of you. Seventy of you. Okay, good. (laughs) The greatest yearning and longing psychologists, counselors tell you is to be forgiven and to be accepted. Those two things are what every human heart has, and it's the very thing Christ has given us. The opportunity to begin again. I don't know how well you handled your life. Most of you, I know a lot of your testimonies. We didn't do too good, did we? Without Christ, we cannot handle our lives. We're self centered, self indulgent people who live to please ourselves, who can never be pleased. We need a new beginning, and salvation brings us a new beginning. The resurrection brought a new beginning to human history. Everything up until the, sa- till, till the sacrifice of Christ and the resurrection, you have to understand, was only shadow. Only shadow when that day dawned and the tomb was empty, that brought a resurrection power to mankind that changed life forever. Out of the shadows of hope, now into the reality of life. That's the power of resurrection. We've got to leave the shadows behind. How many of you were grateful to God That you could leave your past behind. Old things are what? Passed away. They're gone. We don't need them anymore. You don't need your sin anymore. You don't need to remember your failures anymore. You don't need to consider what you used to be. All you need to know is the substance of what you are in Christ Jesus. Oh, if the church would discover the power of the resurrection, the placement and the identity we now have in Christ. Consider what it did for a man named Peter. Come on, all he had was the hope of a Messiah, a shadow of what he perceived, but he could not even comprehend it. He kept telling Jesus what Jesus should do till finally Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, and shut up. He said he'd never leave Jesus, would stay as close as he could, and in his best efforts, he denied him three times. He wept bitterly till he saw the resurrected Christ. He was restored. Something happened to this man who was hiding in an upper room on the day of Pentecost, who broke out of that room, stood among the people, and said, this Jesus whom you have crucified is risen from the dead. He became the preacher of Pentecost. This fisherman, uneducated, unlearned. The old thing's gone. His failings of Christ, gone. It didn't stop a thing in Jesus. And now he's a new man. Consider James and John. What happened to the sons of thunder? Remember the attitude these boys had? Kill them, Jesus! Get lightning bolts and strike the Samaritans dead. Ha, 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 ha. Something dramatically changed in their hearts and in their lives. The old is gone and the new has come. And John, the beloved, is now walking in love and writes the greatest epistles on love than any other disciple could. What happened to Thomas, the doubter, the one who wouldn't believe it till he saw it? Now he saw it and he puts away his foolishness puts away his doubt in Jesus Christ forever, falls to his knees and proclaims, my Lord and my God, my Theos, my God. He didn't just give honor, as some would say, to a great man. He called Jesus his God, Yahweh Jehovah. For a Jew to do that, he knew who he was standing in front of. And his theology changed forever Thomas ended up going to India and now what is known as Pakistan and building the church in the east and raising up Christians in that land for centuries. Giving his life. The old is gone. Doubting Thomas is gone. And the brave soldier of Christ is here. How about, we studied this just a few weeks ago. You remember Zacchaeus? The wee little man, that little runt of a man who was hated by everybody. Changed. Giving four times back of what he stole and helping the poor with half of his money, becoming Matthias the apostle that replaced Judas and living the rest of his life. Changed life, a changed life. That's going from shadow to substance. We were all shadows. We weren't even known in heaven by our names, we were known as thieves liars, sinners, and adulterers. But once you came to the substance of Christ that bled on the cross and the substance of His resurrected body and by faith believed in Him, you have a new name written down in glory and God knows you personally. Paul wanted to be a great rabbi, studied under Gamaliel. Could he ever live up to that, only living in the shadow of the great Gamaliel, the rabbi of all time? But something happened to him when he met a risen Savior on the road to Damascus. It changed him, and the old is gone, and the new Saul becomes Paul, the greatest theologian and apostle that ever lived. Changed! Changed! How many theologians and apostles and evangelists and prophets and apostles and and, uh, teachers and pastors do we have here? The old is gone. Put it away. Become who you are in Christ. This is the power and the substance of the resurrection. We speak of it because its reality is here and now. There's substance here, brothers and sisters, of who you are. You have a new identity. Consider this. That there is a new substance and hope to you. Paul says this, that these three things remain in a life of resurrection power. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. We read this verse and we go, yeah, well, that's all we've got. Faith, hope, and love. We just hang on by a thread. Oh, the Christian life. I believe, Jesus, I believe. Believe you rose from the dead. I've got faith, hope, and love. Oh, I I believe. I'm hanging in there. I've got a mustard seed. I trust you. Get me through the day. We hope. I hope. I hope it's real. I hope by the end of all this, it really pans out. I just hope I get to heaven. And love. I love you, Jesus. I do love you. It's everybody else I hate. But I'm hanging on by a thread of faith, hope, and love. We read it so wimpy, but there's no substance in that. The substance of the resurrection is that we have faith that is unmovable, unshakable. Faith that has substance. Hebrews 11:1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. The substance of the resurrection is right here right now in me in you. That's my substance. And I have evidence to prove it. I'm not the man I used to be. I'm the man I'm becoming. And I'm saved in Christ Jesus, sealed by His Spirit. I've got faith to move mountains and faith to trust God for healing and deliverance and wholeness. And I've got faith to carry my life till my last breath and I will worship my God with substance and evidence. I've got hope, hope that will shine past 2016 elections. I've got hope even beyond the miserable thing that we call (laughs) leadership in the United States. I've got hope beyond this economy and how it's set up. I've got hope beyond my living conditions, my eating conditions. My hope is based and built on nothing less than the blood of Jesus Christ, his righteousness. That's my hope. You can't take it from me. You can beat me. You can arrest me. You can kill me. My hope will not die. It is alive. This is resurrection substance and evidence. I used to be a shadow believer. I used to hope that maybe it was true. I used to have shadow faith that I'd try to trust. I'd try to trust, but then I'd get disappointed again. But I've left the shadows, and I'm into the substance place of the reality of the resurrection. I've got love, I've got love, I've got love. I know his love for me. You can hate me, but that's all right because I don't live my life based on you. I live out of the love of Christ Jesus. And I'll love you though you hate me. I'll give my life for you though you would despise me because I am loved by God burn me up, light me on fire. I'm an emblem and a substance for the Lord Jesus Christ. God is looking for a people with substance and evidence of the resurrection. Can we find any here today? You've gone from shadow to substance. You've shown up. You must understand today that there you have a new identity you have to understand that when you came to christ old things were what passed away behold all things are new some of you have done some awful and embarrassing and shameful things guess what shouldn't even bother you at this point where is it gone we offer that to any of you living in the shadows living in the shadows of regret, living in the shadows of guilt, any of you living under the shadow of of shame, living under the shadow of condemnation, the resurrection takes that away because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from how much sin? All sin. I'm out of the shadows of shame and guilt. I'm done with it. What I did in the past is gone. I'm a new creation. I have a new identity. I was taken out of Adam. I was taken out of Adam. Through my faith and what Christ did on the cross, I was put to death. I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. My identity is in the beloved. I am fully loved by God as God loves Christ. Come on. Some of you still live in the shadows of, I wonder if He loves me. You live in the shadow of fear of God. You live in the shadow of, will he accept me? Come on, get into the substance of knowing who you are. Fully accepted in the beloved. Fully loved by God. You're favored by God and you're the apple of his eye. Come on, you got to live under that substance. And get out of the shadows of doubt. Walk into its reality. My God hears every prayer I pray. My God answers according to His will and purposes. I will obey my God and rejoice in who He is. I'm out of Adam and I'm in Christ. I'm still in an Adam container. I can't wait to shed this thing. Got one opportunity to do it. I'll make it my best. I'm going to burn this thing out. I'm going to run it till it's dead because my hope is just moving right on. Amen. I'm a new, I have a new identity and so many Christians live in the shadows of an old identity. It's done. It's gone. You are now called vessels of honor. You're containers for God's holy presence. There's a substance here. There's a substance in this room. Do you know what it is? Him. Faith, hope, and love. A lot of, lot of weird attitude with us, but a substance of Him. Thank God, eh? When people come in one accord, one mind, one heart, one faith, one hope, one love, This church is unstoppable. For 2,000 years, the message of this gospel has gone around the world, saving souls and bringing people into the kingdom of God. It will not cease. It is coming to the great finale and the great chorus when the name of Jesus will be proclaimed. Amen? Amen? And nations will come to the knowledge of the Lord, the substance. How many of you ever saw The Matrix? I don't know what it was rated, so you don't have to raise your hand. Shadowland. Living under a facade, a false reality. Living the day in and day out, the grind, with the the suction cup of sin and flesh attached to the back of our brains. Living to just feed our bodies, feed our flesh and exist. That's life? That's substance? That's reality? No, that's a shadow of what we're to become. Christ has called you into a new identity. Do you understand who you are? And do you understand who you're becoming? Christ sees you as who you will ultimately be. You need to begin seeing yourself that way. You need to begin to realize how great you are in God and what he's going to accomplish in and through you. But so many are in the shadows again. Break out of that. Arise. Shine. Your light has come. Some of you are living so below the level of His glory that you were made for. Many of us are living in the poverty level and I'm not talking about our finances. I'm talking about our spiritual walk. There's a substance of faith, hope, and love in Christ Jesus right now that should alter your reality. Reality is not what it seems out there. There's a world and a a power out there. The prince of the power of the air. There's, There's a fallen world out there, but Christ has brought a new reality that believers don't walk by what they see, but they walk by what? Faith. There's a new reality out there. Can you see that God is in control of every day? Despite what your surroundings says, you live in faith, hope, and love. God is igniting a church in the power of the resurrection. You're no longer condemned. You've been justified before God you now have access to the throne room some of you live in the shadows you're afraid to pray to god because you might be snuffed out you're afraid god's mad at you you're afraid god's not answering your prayers that's all a lie he says come here come into my throne room with confidence with boldness come to me come to me i'll give you sabbath rest i'll give you rest My yoke is easy. Let me walk with you. Let me carry your burdens. This is our God. And that's the reality of the resurrection. You've become a saint. You're no longer identified as a sinner. You don't need a group of men to decide and vote whether you should be a saint or not. By acceptance of Jesus Christ, you have changed from a sinner into a sanctified one, and you've become the beloved of God. Your inheritance... Somebody, come on. Your inheritance... You are a co-heir, joint heir with Christ Jesus. If that ain't enough, you will be given all things as well as Christ. Do you understand what you're inheriting? You will judge the angels. You will judge the nations. Start acting like it. Start walking like it. And live in the evidence and substance of your calling and your placement in the King. If the resurrection means anything to you, it shouldn't be the shadow of an idea. It should be the substance of every breath you take. It's got to change the people of God. It changed Peter. It changed Paul. It changed Thomas. It'll change you. From shadow to substance. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If you didn't see The Matrix, maybe you saw the Truman Show. I don't know what that was rated either. Usually PG, okay? He grew up in a world that was artificial. He began to see glimpses that it was a false world. He began to see ideas and glimmers and shadows that quite possibly this isn't reality. Maybe there's something outside of this place. And despite the controller who was running the whole world, he defied it and finally took his boat to the end of the world to where he bumped into the facade. And found the door that led him to reality. That's what happened to you. God has called every one of you out of the shadows. And into his glorious light. You are the resurrection of Christ. In substance and in evidence. Will you begin to live to the potential of being a new creation? The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that, Father God, the Old Testament was a shadow of the reality of, of Christ, Christ has come and the old is gone he came to us and now the reality is we are alive the resurrection has saved us we don't live in the shadow of regret we don't live in the shadow of guilt we don't live in the shadow of fear anymore we live in the substance of the presence of God and that presence is substantly put in us. I thank you for that, and I will be, and I will live your resurrection today. If you agree with that, say amen this morning. Amen Amen and amen.